Hey, I'm Sam. And I'm Lizzie. And we're queer people who love movies. This is Subtextual. Yo, ho. (laughs) (laughs) Were you planning that? It's literally in my notes. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's hard to take offense if if you're planning it so particularly. Thanks for going with it. (laughs) How are you? Are you super pumped for this? Oh, my God. This was such an iconic week for me to get to dive back into this world. Uh, God, but before I lose myself, I do want to plug real quick the Subtextual Patreon page. Yeah, we know that a lot of you guys send us suggestions for films to do, and please keep that up. Please don't stop. But if you want to see something specific and you want to see it very quickly, then please join our Patreon. Um, we'll basically do anything you ask us to do for like four bucks or something. It's pretty <laughs> sad. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we have merch for you. There's like video versions of the episodes you can watch. Lots of fun shit. Um, But, you know, if you can't support the Patreon or don't want to or whatever, just being here is more than enough. We thank each and every one of you, all both of you, for being here. (laughs) Thank you for being here today. Thank you all for being here today. Yeah, we need to do Princess Diaries. Oh, yes. I think we should also do Princess Diaries, too. It's really hard to tell which one's more gay. (laughs) Exactly. But we're not here to talk about Anne Hathaway. We are not. We are here to talk about Pirates of the Caribbean, specifically The Curse of the Black Pearl, because I want to leave this open to cover the other films for future episodes. (laughs) Lizzie, I'm amazed it's taken us this long because you are horny for this movie. You know, in doing research for this, I realized just how horny I was. Because this was a fandom that I subscribed to heavily, and I, I kind of hinted at this in our we do a fan service bonus episode where we talk about fandoms, and I but briefly mentioned this in passing. But I really, truly wanted to be a pirate when I was in middle school. Okay, but you and I watched this movie yesterday, and it was like the first time you'd seen it, right? Yeah, it was on around me when I was a kid, but my sisters were older and I was the youngest, so my parents would rent things for my sisters that like really didn't interest me very much. And this was one of those that like I couldn't be bothered to pay attention to, but it's one of those things like, you know, Jack Sparrow, right? Orlando Bloom, Keira Knightley. I can kind of get a gist. I could There's not, not a have lot of a- surprises, but it's pretty iconic in its own right. Yeah, I could not have imagined how horny this movie was. Like if for a Disney film, I would not have expected it to be so like charged. So you definitely got that from your first watch. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> oh, God. But it's like so much more than like the Pirates of the Caribbean itself, because it's also just like pirates in general. Like, I think I think bisexuals are drawn to pirates like <laughs> magnets. <laughs> well, I I can see that they're glamorized in film, but I'm sure at the time they have like leprosy and scurvy and missing teeth. Oh, and they smelled awful. They had every venereal disease under the sun. Yes, Absolutely. They're like Petri dishes just walking around. Absolutely. But there's a lot that went into this, and and I really want to get into it. So let's get started. Let's go, baby. I shall take you to the Black Pearl and your bonnie lass. You're a pirate. Forgot one very important thing, mate. I'm Captain Jack Sparrow. Not sure I deserve it. We are cursed men. I hardly believe in ghost stories anymore. Start believing in ghost stories, Miss Turner. You're in one. Spooked. 
October. Who said this was a scary movie? I think Halloween came early this year. Oh, God. Fucking Christmas came early for me. (laughs) All right. So a brief synopsis of Pirates of the Caribbean, Curse of the Black Pearl. Uh, A flamboyant pirate captain, a virgin blacksmith, and a woman of high society get pulled into an undead pirate crew's quest to remove the curse that binds them. Yar. Does the synopsis really call him a virgin? (laughs) This is all me. (laughs) Okay. Because there's two virgins here. Oh, you're so right. She's also a virgin. Big time. More on that. Um, All the blog lines online would say like, Captain Jack and Will have to rescue Elizabeth after she's captured, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, sure, I guess that's a way of looking at it. But it's much more a co-adventure in my mind. They all share the adventure, this beautiful thruple, because they are (laughs) undoubtedly a thruple. Oh, for sure. They all like put their sexual charge in Jack Sparrow. It's so weird. Oh, God. We'll we'll come back to it later. Okay, so so Sam, I'm going to do something a little special this episode. I have so many factoids and so much information that has come up during the research of this that I've decided to turn it into a little game. I am so down. Tell me more. Okay, so... At various points in the film, when we get to information about either the movie or, like, pirate lore, I'm just going to ask you a little trivia question. And if you get it right, I'll take a shot of rum. (gasps) Yay! And if you get it wrong, you take a shot of rum. How about I make you a bargain? And if I get it wrong, then Lee takes a shot of rum. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. It's a sipping rum. Can I sip it? You can sip it. It can be a sip of rum. Okay. We're adults. If I get it wrong, Lee and I will take a teal sip. Do you agree to these terms, Lee? Sure. Yay. Good luck, Sam. <laughs> <laughs> He's going to be over there like mouthing the answers to okay, me. Okay, <laughs> you can because Lee knows everything. Lee, you can't help her. He yeah. likes the rum though. So. Yeah. He's a bit of a trivia wizard. <laughs> yeah. Lee, have you seen Pines of the Caribbean? Uh I have seen probably all of them. I don't remember them very much. Like the first one I saw on a charter bus in high school. <laughs> I remember. That's just such an awkward place to get horny. <laughs> oh my God. But it happens, right? On those charter buses. Yeah. Uh, and then I remember this movie because of that line in the trailer, like uh, the ghost stories. And I remember liking the one with the undead, like the creepy, like ghostly skeletal guys. So yeah, this, this might be my favorite. This is the best one for me, too. I haven't seen the... Wait, really quick. Your first question of the trivia round. Oh, shit. How many Pirate of the Caribbean films are there in the franchise? Gosh. Oh, my God. I usually try not to research any of Lizzie's films because I want to, like, learn things about them with you guys, our listeners. And um, I did not look up anything about Pirates of the Caribbean. I'm going to say four. Ooh. Am I wrong? There are actually five films. Okay, I'll give you a redemption question. If you can name three of the films. What? (laughs) Then I will give you a pass and drink the rum myself. Okay, Curse of the Black Pearl. Okay. I don't think you'd let me say that. Um, (laughs) Davy Jones? No. Fuck. Ah. That tentacle guy. Well, he's that's Davy Jones. You're right. But none of the movies are called... That Davy Jones. <laughs> Pirates of the Caribbean, that Davy Jones. <laughs> it's like it's like that darn cat or whatever. <laughs> movies from the 60s. <laughs> um fuck. Um can Wait, I So this is the first one. This is the first one. Oh, okay. 
It wasn't like was Pirates like of the, the Caribbean. Or the nothing. Yeah, it's like Pirates of the Caribbean instantly colon the Curse of the Black Pearl. Okay, just just pour that. Just start pouring right. at this point. I'll pour myself one too because I do expect the, you to get some of these right. <laughs> for the audience, <laughs> the, the film. Can I say the films? Yes, is that please. Ruin the, um, no, no, okay. no, go for it. Curse of the Black Pearl is the first one. Dead Man's Chest is the second one, which I think is the Davy Jones one. Yes. At World's End, which I sort of remember hearing about, On Stranger Tides, I don't remember that. That was the first one without Orlando Bloom and Keira Knightley. That one seems like a weird, yeah. Wow, you're telling me they they made the films without those two people? I think Orlando Bloom has like a reoccurring character moment like in one second of the fourth film on Stranger Tides, but they characters are written out and there's like a new female interest and a new young swashbuckling man or whatever. Mm. I mean, I don't know if we have the time to get into it, but like <laughs> you have like large feelings for Keira Knightley, but how did you feel like their alternates were? No. <laughs> I don't feel that their alternates were. I declined to answer. No. The films get progressively worse as they go on. The most recent, uh, Dead Men Tell No Tales. Oh, okay. Which it's like, sounds familiar. Yeah, they like tried to revive some of the characters in the first film, kind of like what they're doing with Star Wars now. Mm. But mm. I think it totally fucking fails. I did not like that film at all. And I don't even think I finished it. If you can count on Disney to do anything, they will suck the life out of anything good. <laughs> that is true. A fun fact about me and how obsessed I was, uh, when I was in high school, I went to a Sadie Hawkins dance and I made my date dress up <laughs> like a pirate with me, even uh, though the theme of the dance was like nowhere near anything island or tropical or anything like that. They willingly obliged. <laughs> I Nothing screams horny virgin than I made my date at the Sadie Hawkins dance dress like Orlando Bloom. <laughs> <laughs> No, girl, I came as Orlando Bloom. I forgot what they were wearing, but... They're Keira Knightley. Yeah. Okay, so maybe you know about this, but as I was going through Tumblr, because that is my way to, like, research fandoms, I came across another very devout pirate fandom for a more recent show that came out this year, I believe, called Our Flag Means Death on oh, HBO. yeah, Taiko Waititi. Yeah. Yeah, I've, I've heard it's very gay, which surprised me because I saw the marketing material before and it seemed not gay in the slightest. So is it like baked right in? Is that the... Yeah, there's a canonically gay relationship in this series. I'm going to be watching this series, needless to say. All right, so... Let's fucking get into it. Fucking yo-ho, let's go. Like, just out of curiosity, I did the thing that you do, and I typed in pirates gay? <laughs> just to see if, like, in the history of pirates, there is any homosexuality. And there's a lot. There's way more than I ever could have hoped and desired. So I'm just going to touch on a little bit about pirates and a little bit about, like, the queerness surrounding the pirate lifestyle. So pirates were basically found and are even still to this day found in almost every sea across the world from as early as 1400 BC. So thousands of years ago, there have been pirates. But the period of history where we most envision like pirates and the pirates of the Caribbean world is set on is the golden age of piracy, which was from the 1650s through the 1720s in the Caribbean. So in almost like a hundred year part of history where like ships actually were the greatest mode of transportation for getting around. And there was a lot of like cross-pollination of colonies as they were like changing hands from like Spain to France to America to Dutch to England. There's lots of like embroiling of different 
languages and peoples in these islands in the Caribbean that this series at least is taking place in. And pirates ran amok amongst <laughs> all of this shit and just like came around and pillaged and like robbed stuff from ships. Um, so pirates like formed little communities on their boat. Each captain had their own code, their own set of rules or commandments that would kind of govern that little microclimate, so to speak. So pirates were always like very fringe societies and they were also almost exclusively men. No surprise, like sailors weren't allowed to be women and pirates weren't allowed to be women either. So you put that many men on a boat and you put them out at sea and you give them a bunch of rum because fresh water was hard to come by. And you get a lot of, you know, tomfoolery. A lot of boinking. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Um, but it is said that pirates may have been amongst the first communities to practice same-sex marriage or something that appears to be same-sex marriage. Aww. And that is in a ritual called matelotage. Basically, it's been described as like, and this is a quote, an institutionalized linking of a buccaneer and another male in a relationship with clearly homosexual characteristics. But essentially, it could be used as a way to like take someone under your wing in a way. Like, let's say a more established pirate man met a younger pirate man who wanted to like kind of make his way on the ship and like move up the ranks he could like form a matelotage or basically a relationship that was recognized by everyone on board and would share his bounty or share his food or share his whatever with that person and if he were to die part of his wages a heavy part of his wages would go to the person left behind I'm gonna, I need to come up with a word for them. So I'm going to call the two parties in the matelotage relationship mateys. That actually is where the term like, I matey. It came from this word matelotage because matelo in French is the word for sailor. So we're going to call them mateys, these partnerships. All right. <laughs> I'm with you. Um, but other than that, it did seem that, I mean, there's no way of knowing for sure if this was like a strictly homosexual relationship but it definitely was sounding pretty gay because sometimes it wouldn't be for a reason where any one matey would be getting something from the other matey in return it would just be like two pirates had a very strong bond for whatever reason would share either like emotional duress or physical space like they would share a bed or be hammock comrades is how i've heard it described in one way so they would form these like on paper agreements that basically said, if I, anything happens to me, my matey receives what I would have received and they can like fight for each other in duels and stuff like that. So, wow. Okay. I mean, if we've established anything here on the podcast, it's that if it was presumed gay historically, it must have been hella gay. Exactly. Like historians saying like, we're not entirely sure if it was gay, like reads the same to me as people saying like Boston marriages in like the 1800s weren't gay. It's like, oh, it was just two women who chose to live together forever, uh, never get married and like share everything in their lives together, including a bed. Yeah. And you're like, yep, they're not gay. We can prove it. But... <laughs> we didn't see them finger each other in the town yes, square. Exactly. <laughs> But there are definitely stories of, like, actually just, like, fucking full-on gay sex among pirates, which 
we'll get to later. Oh my God, I'm so ready for that. <laughs> um, another fun fact that I came across is like something extremely gay that happened on pirate ships is that many pirate ships, the captains would hire full bands of musicians or like a theater troupe to be part of the crew so that at night they could entertain all the pirates. <sighs> So, like, they can literally travel with, like, Sleater Kinney or, like, just the Shakespearean fucking improv group of the time. The pirate version of Who Farted. <laughs> oh, my God. She's talking about our college improv troupe. That would be a sweetest gig ever. I see comedians talking a lot about, you know, how they agree to do, like, cruise ship stand up for, like, three months on end. It's just, like, the old time equivalent of that. Who would be, like, your number one pirate band that you would want to travel on your super gay pirate ship with you? You know, I'm taking that question as it is, not as a question of like, who's your favorite band? But the band that I think that would suit a pirate ship super well, like for the sadness and the like anarchy of it all would be the Yeah, Yeah, Yeahs. Oh, Karen O would be such a good pirate. Yeah, I'd be like swashbuckled as hell, yeah. drinking rum and shit. And then she's coming out just like, fucking raising hell or singing <laughs> maps and like making me cry yes. so oh my God. what about you my choice is really similar it's peaches shut up that's fucking, not similar it is similar it's like female empowerment to the utmost degree no peaches is orgy music <laughs> <laughs> even more appropriate she would get you fucking lit to go like raid a ship or whatever is the fuck you gotta do absolutely oh man okay so let's get into the plot now that we agree that all pirates were gay I was agreeing to that point before, and now I just strongly believe that. Oh my god, it tickled me so much to learn, like, how actually gay pirates are. I just love that this is what Lizzie's, like, Google search <laughs> results are, like, pirate gay? <laughs> my, like, sidebars have no idea what to sell me anymore. <laughs> They're so confused. They're, like, gold medallions? I'm just imagining Lizzie Google this, how you see, like, Bella Swan Google vampires in the first <laughs> Twilight, like, on Bing or Yahoo or something. Oh my <laughs> Oh my god. Okay, first of all, while we were watching this, you brought up that there are some like stark similarities between Bella Swan and Elizabeth Swan, specifically yes. the Swan. Yes. She gives big Bella Swan energy as well as I think there's like a a thematic parallel between this film and Hocus Pocus. Maybe it's the puffy shirts, <laughs> but there's something there. There's like a common thread that's happening here. Yeah, they're all made with the same fabric. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So a quick general overview of like the curse that these pirates have, because I, I got to say, like writing down the actual plot of this movie does get a little confusing. So I kind of stripped it down. But one of the overarching themes is that there is a fucking ship called the Black Pearl. Right. And it's crewed by a bunch of pirates who had this curse laid upon them. Basically, they are undead. They cannot feel pleasure or pain. And by moonlight, they become like these really freaky skeletons because essentially they're like dead men walking. They can't join the dead and they're not able to enjoy the pleasure and the pain of the living. And to break the curse, they have to return every piece of this like freaky Aztec gold back to a chest and spill a pirate's blood. So that's kind of like the central thing, kind of pulling all of this together. So anyway, at the top of the film, we're on a big ship in the middle of the ocean and we meet a young Elizabeth Swan. She's about eight, ten. Fucking like seven. Yeah, she's like the age of Elizabeth Swan 
and what she's expected to do and how people treat her don't really line up. She's way too young to be doing any of this shit, but... It's concerning. It's concerning. At this point, she's eight. She is a literal child. We learn that she is rich. She is a daddy's girl, and her daddy is governor. Her mother is dead because you can't have a mother in this life. It's not a Disney movie if you have four parents. <laughs> You're so right. I didn't clock that. She's like Bambi. Exactly. Yeah. Dumbo, you know, the whole, yep. Everyone's, no one's got a mom. Mm -hmm. And she's not like other girls. She has the hots for pirates and for adventure. On the ship, one of the seamen remark, it's bad luck to have a woman aboard. She's a child. (laughs) He's like, throw her overboard. Get rid of her. (laughs) All right. We come to another trivia question. You have your rum ready? Oh God. Okay. True or false? The idea that women were bad luck to have aboard was an actual superstition held by pirates. I got a 50-50 shot here. I'm going to say true. You're right. Hell yar. And that's a sip for me. We live to live another day. What we is it? We live to yar another day. Isn't there a We saying? live to die another day. To fight another day. We, oh, fight. Yes. Lee and I live to fight another day. <laughs> Lizzie. <laughs> for now. So yeah, women were considered bad luck and not allowed to be on board. Uh, But I did come across female pirates throughout history that chose to, like, basically charade as men for as long as they could um, to be pirates. And I respect that. Can we get a she's the man, but it's like she's the (laughs) pirate? Pirate? (laughs) Oh, my God. There are not enough pirate movies. I stand by that. There need to be more. And I guess, look, there's fucking... Our flag means death, so... But there's, like, no women in that show. Hardly any, there's, right? I think there's one female pirate, and it's, like, not enough. No. <gasps> oh, wait, what? I have news. What? Okay, so they're making a sixth Pirates of the Caribbean movie, and they're replacing Captain Jack with a woman. It is Margot Robbie. I don't know why I wanted it to be a brunette. I don't know why that was important to me. Well, she can probably dye her hair. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, I don't have like a huge boner for Margot Robbie, but that's great. I'm glad it's a woman. I know she likes to do her own stunts, so I'm pretty excited about that. Uh, I think Charlize Theron would have been a better choice. But I, here we are. I'm sticking with Zeta Jones. Yeah, she was born to be a pirate. Well, she was in Zorro, which is like a co-fandom that I like linked together that I was also a big member of. So it's like basically fucking pirates, but it's like Spanish land swashbucklers. If you like Zorro... Pirates of the Caribbean, Twilight, or Hocus Pocus. If you like one, you like them all, yeah. period. And you're also a bisexual person. <laughs> or just really, really horny and gay. <laughs> <laughs> all right, back on the ship. They come across the remnants of another ship that had been pillaged by pirates, and they fish a young Will Turner out of the water. Can we talk about how nobody sees shit other than this seven-year-old woman? Like, she, yeah. everyone's like, it's bad luck to have a girl on the ship. And she's the only one that's like opening her eyes and looking around because she sees yeah. Will like floating on a raft. And then she also sees like a she pirate ship pearl. approaching. Yeah. yeah. And everyone's just like got their fucking thumb up their ass. And they're like, pirates aren't real. Even though this ship has clearly been ransacked by pirates. They're yeah. like, it was an accident. <laughs> they accidentally lit the boat on fire and scrambled it into a million pieces. Yeah, no, the... This film doesn't portray these men in wigs very well, as as they shouldn't, because they're they shouldn't. a bunch of dumbasses. They're literally so boring, and mm-hmm. no one likes them. You're you're not meant to root for them at any point. No, and you shouldn't. You shouldn't. It's very not cool of you. Someone at home is like, oh, get over it. <laughs> <laughs> so Elizabeth sees this golden doubloon around Will Turner's neck, and she takes it, and she believes him to be a pirate. 
and she is right. He is the son of a pirate. Um, so you know the little doubloon that I'm talking about with like this the skull on it. I'm waiting for you to like pull it out of your t-shirt, Lizzie. Uh... I had one. Oh my god, did you get it from Hot Topic or something? Yeah. <laughs> I used to wear it under my Christian school uniform and hide it because we were definitely not allowed to wear shit like that. And I would just feel so badass. <laughs> Lizzie, you can't just give this information away for free. I don't see why not. <laughs> I'm, oh I'm coming out. I was <laughs> Pirates of the Caribbean freak. Oh my god. Oh, I feel like I'm feel like we're getting closer. We are. This is the bonding moment. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, so we meet in the present day. Will Turner played boy played boy Orlando Bloom. <laughs> he is Australian, isn't he? He's English. I thought he was Australian. No, he married Miranda Kerr. Miranda Kerr is Australian. Mm-hmm. So anyway, he's a blacksmith now, and he is pining for a now, hopefully of age, Elizabeth Swan, played by Kira Knightley. And Keira Knightley is being wooed by this boring man in a wig who's, like, truly way too old for her. He's, like, got to be at least 20 years older than her. He was present in the flashback as a fully grown man who holds, like, political office when she is seven years old. Yeah. Every man around Elizabeth Swan, in my mind, is a fucking groomer, and I don't want them to be left alone with children. They're so creepy, and I I wish they all died. Yeah. Well said. (laughs) Sorry, I had to get that out. So it's actually like a blessing that she ends up with someone her own age at the end. Because, like, spoiler, she gets together with Will Turner and, like, possibly Captain Jack. So, Uh, well, (laughs) we'll get to that. Speaking of Captain Jack, uh, we also meet him, played by Johnny Depp. He rolls into town on a sinking boat. He has come to port to steal a ship because he is a pirate captain without a ship. Let's take a second to talk about the character of... Captain Jack Sparrow. So in the development of Captain Jack Sparrow as a character, this is how the writers envisioned the character. A combination of Bugs Bunny and Groucho Marx. Lizzie just sent me a picture that is two pictures of one of Bugs Bunny and one of Groucho Marx. I thought it was going to be like a rendering of what they imagined him, <laughs> but you just sent me those the pictures of those two people. Oh God, I wish I had the Photoshop skills to do that. Okay, so this is how the writers... Envision Captain Jack Sparrow. So, like, a little more wisecracking, but not a goofy character by any means. I'm going to send you a picture of how the producers, aka the Lame Boys, pictured Captain Jack Sparrow. They pictured him as Burt Lancaster, who I had no idea who the fuck this person was. I had to Google him, but he was like an American himbo pretty boy who was, like, tough on the outside, but soft on the inside. Yeah, Lizzie sent me a picture of this Burt fellow. He looks, like, blonde and tan, really cropped short hair. It's not giving pirate. This is giving, like, guy that was, like, Harvard-educated is wearing a costume. Yes. Like, Ivy League shit. Yeah, absolutely. All right, and then this is how Johnny Depp, who plays the character, developed Captain Jack Sparrow. His inspiration for the character is Pepe Le Pew and 
rock star Keith Richards from the Rolling Stones. Let's go. <laughs> Let's absolutely go. Okay, that's more accurate. So whenever the TV execs like we're seeing some of the first dailies from like the first time Captain Jack is making appearance on set, they were livid. They were about to fire Johnny Depp. They literally came to him and screamed, what the fuck are you doing? Is he drunk? Is he gay? <laughs> and Johnny Depp responds, didn't you know all of my characters are gay? <laughs> oh, hell yeah. He was obviously just fucking with them. But because of Johnny Depp's performance and because generally pirate movies were not historically very successful at this time, everyone at Disney thought this was going to be a fucking flop. Mm. They still put a fuck ton of money into it, but it was never expected to go anywhere. And you can even tell in the marketing of it that it was supposed to be this like very serious, like exciting adventure that's like more masculine than it actually comes out to be. Like, I think it's actually very fun and freewheeling and very silly. And a lot of that has to do with <laughs> Captain Jack Sparrow's character being just like out of his mind in some strange way. Yeah, that's hilarious. I can't imagine it any other way. Like, I think the success of this movie absolutely is hinged on this, like, it's a fun adventure rather than it's like some smoldering blonde guy who's like so good at everything and solves every problem. Like, that's no fun. Yeah. And they still get that checkbox from the Orlando Bloom character who is just so like morally high grounded and like boring but he's like also kind of a total dork and everyone kind of makes fun of him for it and he's he isn't the hero of the story you know he's just, but one of the main characters um really captain jack like takes the reins on most of what happens in the film yeah they do a good job of spreading like personality types about the the principal characters so that like if you relate to any one of them it's like a really inclusive experience yeah, and I would even say like the thruple, like the trio of Will Turner, Elizabeth Swan, and Captain Jack Sparrow kind of like, it, like if any one of those is not in a scene, it kind of falls a little flat. And also a lot of the like sizzle of the sexual chemistry goes away. But anytime all three of them are there, everyone is sexier. Everyone is smarter. Everyone is doing better. It, it really is like such a, a neat little, little triangle. Yeah, like... I know that the love interest is supposed to be with Elizabeth Swan and Orlando Bloom's character, but like as soon as Jack is removed from the two of them, like their sexual charge dissipates entirely. It becomes boring. Yeah. Which there's so much fan fiction about that exact scenario. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we've got our we've got our thruple. Everyone's here. So uh, in the present day, on the cliff above, the wig man is getting, like, promoted and there's some, like, boring ceremony happen. And Elizabeth is, like, in this very tight corset and it's too tight. She can't breathe. So she faints and falls into the water below. And Jack is the only one that thinks to jump in and save her, ripping her free of her frock and saving her life. But because he's a pirate, the boring wig man demands he be put under arrest and sentenced to hang. Um, and... Jack Sparrow is, I have to give it to him. I actually did learn a lot from Jack Sparrow and I should probably bring this up to my therapist to see if it's healthy, but oh he gets put in situation after situation where he is facing death, like literally nose to nose with death. And he never freaks out. He's very calm and chill. He knows he's going to get through it. He, he usually makes a joke somewhere in there. And I, you know, I'm at a time in my life where I, I will glean anything from anything. So I, I did take away a message from that of just like, hey, look, you've been through shit before. You'll make it through. <laughs> <Keep your chin laughs> up. 
<laughs> Lizzie's like deriving spiritual guidance from Pirates of the Caribbean. And I guess I have been for nearly two decades now. Oh my god. So Jack evades capture and escapes into the blacksmith's shop where he crosses blades with Will Turner. This is so horny. When they Dude. fight, it's it's like a sex act. It, well, it's like swords. Like how much more phallic can you get? You hold it in your hand, you wield it about, mm-hmm. you point it at other men. Mm-hmm. You're like impressed by each other's footwork and shit. Yeah, they're they're dancing yeah. and they're going tit for tat and they're both kind of like in awe of each other's like ability that Jack at one point is like, who makes these swords? And he's like, oh, I do. And I train with them three hours a day. Maybe you should get yourself a lady. Yeah, right. <laughs> I, this is probably my favorite scene in the movie. I love this fight. It's just really fun and they use their whole environment. And I talk about fight choreography a lot in the Atomic Blonde episode from a few months back. And I was definitely doing some admiring of my own in this scene. So Jack eventually gets captured again, but, you know, he's not stressed about it. So that night, the cursed crew of the Black Pearl rolls into town looking for the golden doubloon that Elizabeth has hidden in her shirt. Um, They capture her and she demands parley. So they take her to see the captain, Captain Barbosa. Captain Barbosa, side note, is also one of my favorite characters of this entire series. He's played by Jeffrey Rush, who is, I never considered to be like a very funny actor, but... Such a great character role. He really, he literally says like, yar and shit like that. <laughs> and I just fucking buy into it 100%. Yeah, he, he leans into the pirate stuff without seeming gimmicky. Like yeah. he really commits. He really commits. And that's all this film really required to be successful. And I think everyone does commit 100%. Elizabeth makes a bargain with Captain Barbosa. He is to leave town in exchange for the doubloon. And she also tells him her last name is Turner. So he believes her to be pirate born. And he agrees to leave town, but in like a little trick, ends up keeping her captured on the ship. Back on land, Will, of course, wants to rescue Elizabeth and strikes up a deal with Captain Jack. And together they steal a ship and go after her. Um, And their first stop is Tortuga, a.k.a. Bourbon Street, New Orleans. <laughs> Honestly, when they got to Tortuga, I was like, wow, this seems so familiar. Yeah. You're like, I can just smell how it smells. Yeah. it's It smells of rum. All the women's titties are out. <laughs> <laughs> They're on the balcony having a great time. Everyone's pissed drunk being dragged through the streets. Revelry. Yes. Debauchery. New Orleans. <laughs> <laughs> we should do like a tourism commercial. Revelry, debauchery. Let's show you our New Orleans. <laughs> it's like, it's like a woman's titties and like someone's vomiting in the street. All right, Sam, I've got another trivia question for you. Get your rum ready. Oh my God, it's getting hot in here. All right. Uh, was Tortuga a real place? I'm thinking of the island that Darwin studied and how there was oh. a specific turtle there. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like Galapagos or something. Yeah. It's making me want to say yes, but... The last true or false was true. <laughs> um, I'm going to say false. It was a real place. Fuck your mind games, Lizzie. Y'all better sip on some rums. I could not be a pirate. <laughs> nope. Ew. All right, so tell me about this this motherfucking Tortuga place. All right, so Tart- Tartuga. Tortuga is a small island off of what is now called Haiti, and... 
At this time, in like the golden age of piracy or whatever in the Caribbean, this island was populated with almost exclusively men of a questionable background. So pirates, navy deserters, mutineers, drunken sailors. It's a whole mess of debauchery, just how it's depicted in the film. I'm going to have to correct you there. The, oh, gold, yeah. the golden age of piracy was uh, the early 2000s. <laughs> <laughs> Would you download a car? <laughs> you wouldn't download a ship. <laughs> You best goddamn believe I would. I would so download a car. <laughs> you have no idea. Oh my god, I used LimeWire like it was my fucking job. You, you. Uh, there's no way this film particularly wasn't pirated like a bajillion times. <laughs> anyway, so picture this very debaucherous Bourbon Street island in the middle of the Caribbean. So the French kind of had control of this island at the time, and <laughs> there's a story of. Oh my god, I love this story so much. So the French reigning government at the time, the governor sent a letter back to France requesting that they send 2,000 female sex workers to the island to basically dissuade all the men there from having sex with each other uh, and for forming these matelotage relationships. Fuck the Navy. <laughs> Fuck the Marines. <laughs> Fuck, Fuck the, the Coast Guard. <laughs> bring in the sex workers. <laughs> 2,000 of them... No, 1,600 of them were sent to the island, but it totally backfired because what happened amongst most of these partnerships is that they would just add a sex worker into the mix and become like some super threesome. Oh my God. So the thruple that probably inspired this fucking yes. film. Wow. Uh, real life thruple. I think that is, oh man, so anti-establishment. What a delicious little factoid. I know. I'm going to think about that when I get real sad or stressed out. Be like, there's always more debauchery to be had. There is no problem a fleet of trained sex workers <laughs> could not solve. Uh, okay. Anyway. Okay. So Jack and Will are together now, arguably the best couple of the whole series. Who, who's your ideal pairing? Because everyone had had one. I think Will is... So vanilla. I like Elizabeth and Jack, which uh, is so called... not gay of me, which means I have very strong dislike towards Will. I don't think Captain Jack Sparrow is straight, if that helps you in any way. I think that's why I like that he's with Elizabeth Swan, because, you know, Elizabeth Swan is sexualized from such a young age. Mm -hmm. Like all these old creepy people want to... Like everybody who's interested in her knew her very well as a child, which is freaking me out. Um, but Jack had, really has no specific interest towards her, but she kind of comes on to him. So it's the first time that we get to see like her kind of make a move or be in control. He's oblivious to it, of course, but like, yeah. it is nice to see that role swap. She, like he challenges her. She challenges him right back. And I think they do good for each other in a way that Orlando Bloom kind of just ends up the same at the end of the film. <laughs> a little bit. He's such a little dork. And in case dork. you were wondering, those who ship Elizabeth and Jack are called Sparabeth shippers. Okay. That's got to be the coolest ship name, right? Sparabeth. What are the other ship names? It's like Jack and Will like a Jill or a Whack. <laughs> <laughs> you better you better not <laughs> somehow the next popular pairing is james norrington the boring wig and jack sparrow oh my god he's begging to be pegged i've never seen someone beg to be pegged like that guy beg, in a wig beg to be pegged 
rest assured, the Will and Jack pairing is very popular. Okay, would you, what would you say is like the most popular? Probably Elizabeth and Will Turner, but it is very narrow. Mm. And (laughs) the thruple themselves is like just as common as almost all of the duos. I see. So okay. The people are definitely picking up what Disney's putting down. <laughs> what Disney intentionally did not want to put down. <laughs> the people are sniffing it out. Disney basically did what the French government did to Tortuga in the 1600s. <laughs> they sent us a bunch of sex and we just added it to the sex we already had. Fuel to the flame, rum to the fire. Trust, we will find what we're looking for. You can give us basically nothing and we will find it. Trust. <laughs> okay, so Jack and Will crew up. Jack and Jill. Jack and Will crew up and they head to the secret cave of treasure where they know Barbosa and them are going to be. And the bad pirates are in fact there and they have their chest of Aztec gold. And they also have like fucking piles of money and jewels and gold and weapons and other finery. And here we take a brief stop for another trivia question. I think my brain is getting smaller. These, this one's very simple. It's a yes or no, actually. Another true or false. Okay. True or false. The most coveted loot a pirate was seeking after on the high seas was, in fact, gold, jewels, and money. What about booty? (laughs) (laughs) What is the source of booty that the pirates are after? I'm going to say true. False. What the fuck, Lizzie? You said it would be easy, you fucking liar. If you just want to get me drunk, you don't have to do this. I'll drink with you. I'll drink to that. God damn. So the most common loot or booty or treasure or whatever the fuck you want to call it that was stolen by actual pirates in the world was actually water, food, alcohol, weapons, clothing. They were but basic bitches. Yeah, it really does make sense that like if you're an outsider of society, you don't exactly take part in things like standard currency transfers uh, because you're like a thief and like it's not like you're going to the market and buying an orange when you have scurvy. that, That does make a lot of sense. An orange you steal must taste much better anyway. Okay, so another interesting way that pirates live their lives outside of like normal society that was actually quite egalitarian is how the loot from a raid was split up. So basically, let's say you have a big old pile of clothes and rum and whatever, bananas. Basically, every member on the crew would receive a share. So the captain would usually receive two shares, and any crew member below him would typically receive one and a half shares, so almost as much as the captain himself. Whereas if you were working for like the Navy or... A privateer ship, which privateers are basically like pirates paid by the government. In that case, the captain would typically have like 10 shares for the crew's five shares. Mm. And when you look at it in terms of like you're receiving like pieces of food and pieces of weaponry, pirate ships had a very equal wage among everyone in the ranks, even down to like the musicians and the chefs and the doctors and everything. And if you work them for the Navy, they withheld most of your payment until you got back to land anyway, and then they taxed the shit out of you. So becoming a pirate for a second in history was actually like a pretty viable option for someone who didn't want to like bend to the rules of normal society. You'd probably get paid better. 
Huh. So it's like the SAG, like point system. <laughs> exactly. Like residuals were spread out above the line and below the line. So you're telling me like peaches got paid as much as like probably a normal. Captain Jack. Yeah. Ah, uh, okay. I like that. Yeah. So it's very fair, I thought. Okay. So back in the cave, the final piece of Aztec gold is returned to the chest and they spill Elizabeth's blood by cutting her hand. But her not being a real pirate does absolutely nothing to end the curse. And they're getting ready to slit her throat just in case, wherein Jack and Will jump in to save her. A fight ensues where Will ends up being captured and revealed to be a pirate's son to the undead crew. And the undead crew strand Jack and Elizabeth on an island. So my understanding watching this film for the first time, I'm not a fanatic like you, so like I could be wrong, but... My understanding was the blood of the person who stole the piece had to be offered. So that's why it was, it wasn't important that it was just any pirate because they could have got Jack's blood, you know, if they were just looking for any pirate, it had to be the blood of a Turner who stole the piece. And then later we'll see, you know, it has to be the blood of Jack Sparrow who also stole another piece. It has to be both of their bloods, right? I think that's the general idea. It is really confusing. That's why they're looking for Turner specifically. Okay. It doesn't really explain in the beginning why they're like going after her. I guess they assume that because she had the piece, you know, and she conveniently lied and said her name was Turner, that she was in fact Turner. It's That's what I understood to be the case. But I think it is all just like kind of a happy accident. There's Mm -hmm. a lot of coincidence in this world. It's very Disney. It's very Disney. We let it happen. So yeah, so Jack and Elizabeth are marooned on an island. I'm going to ask you if you have, like, another trivia question left in you, or... Let's see how much rum I've got. Who've drank all the rum? But why is the rum gone? (laughs) Why is the rum always gone? Okay, yes. But, I mean, it's not like I need rum, because I'm going to get it right this time, bitch. Yeah, you're going to get it right this time. And this one's a little harder, but I think you might actually know this one. Okay, let's go. What is rum made from? Why would I know that? (laughs) (laughs) You know all sorts of shit. Okay, it's something fermented. Something fermented. I thought you would know this because somehow I knew this. Okay, you can phone a friend. If Lee knows, you're off the hook. Lee. Is it made from sugar cane? You are right. It is made from sugar cane byproduct. (laughs) Drink up. Me hearties, yo-ho. I was going to say bananas. Because before, <laughs> before, we, before we started rolling, Lizzie was drinking this rum. She's like, oh, it's quite good. Does it taste like bananas to anyone? So I thought she was playing like the long con, you know what I mean? It's like, well, I told you if you were just <laughs> listening. It's like Slumdog Millionaire. <laughs> I do think this rum tastes a little bit like bananas, though. All right, so on the island... Jack has been marooned there before by his crew, so he knows of, like, a big stash of rum, and she uses it to build a giant fire that is, like, a smoke signal for the boring wigs that are looking for her, and they very conveniently and quickly find her there, rescue her and Jack, and she bargains with the main wig guy. If you go after Will and save him, I will marry you. Boo! Boo! Tomato! I'm not, I'm not into it. So gross. Oh, I have like a random note here. Huh? It says, I want a gold tooth. Hmm. Hmm. We'll put that there. Weird. Anyway. <laughs> uh, so back to the treasure cave. So the bad pirates are about to spill Will's blood to end the curse by killing him. But Jack proposes a new plan to Barbosa. The Navy guys are waiting outside and he says, look, 
Those guys are out there. Wait to end the curse until you've killed all the wigs and take their ship. And in return for me telling you this, you'll give me back the Black Pearl. But it's a trap. And there's a big fight. And the skeleton crew fights the royal wigs. And Elizabeth and her lovers fight hot Barbosa and everyone's sweating and everyone's a skeleton and it's like 20 minutes long. <laughs> um, but essentially all together, the hot thruple in the curse defeat Barbosa. But Jack's crew makes off with the Black Pearl, leaving him behind. And we are back in regular world where the wigs have sentenced Jack to be hung. Okay. I didn't have a lot of notes on this film because I think it does what it needs to do very effectively. But there was a moment where everyone's fighting these undead people where I turned to Lizzie and I know we're not supposed to speak when we watch <laughs> these movies together, but I was like, the pacing's really odd here. The stakes are really questionable mm -hmm. because the the pirates who are cursed can't die. Right. So the fighting between the pirates and these wigs go on for so long that I'm left thinking like, if I was a wig fighting the undead... Why am I sitting there sparring with them and jousting with them? Like, I would just run away because you right. can't defeat them. Yeah. And, like, why is Jack picking a fight with Barbosa, who is literally the undead? So it's, like, just wasting energy. They're fighting for the sake of fight, but they can't hurt each other. Yeah. I mean, there is a moment where Elizabeth and Will shove a grenade into one of the pirates while he's a skeleton then push him out of the moonlight so it gets stuck in his body and he explodes and like i'm assuming they're in enough pieces that it takes a while for their like <laughs> body parts to come back together so i was like okay maybe that's what they're trying to do and i wish they had shown like oh if you hit hard enough at like a you know a joint maybe you can like sever an arm and it takes like what an hour for it to come back but it really just seemed like, wait, why are y'all fighting? Like, they literally can't die. I've played enough Zelda Breath of the Wild that when I see, like, a skeleton creature, I'm like, just take its head off and kick its head off a cliff. Yeah, and it'll take a while for it to get back. Exactly. Oh, my God. Is that how it works in Zelda? In Breath of the Wild, at least, there are, like, these skeleton creatures where if you disconnect their head and then either destroy their head, but typically it's easier to just, like, kick it far away from them, and then it just takes them a while and you just, like, get away. Yeah, and you're, like, done with that part. Mm-hmm. Wow. You know... It's not, you know, this plot has a lot of holes. Like, just how literally it's like, okay, fight over, everyone's happy, cut to next scene, Jack is about to be hung. Yeah. Like, what? Like, like as you were saying before, he stares into death and then always makes it out. So right. jumping this far into the future implies that, like, he was not able to make it out for some reason for, like, weeks. Yeah, like, I guess there was, like, a whole process where, like, Elizabeth somehow had no more sway over this thing and they weren't able to just like come up with a good enough lie to explain how the skeletons knew the wigs were there and attack them <sighs> whatever dude it it's fine it didn't really bother me until you know all the immortal people were fighting but you know i'm, I'm fine with it yeah and you know what's funny is like i never noticed or gave a single shit about any of those plot holes when i was younger it wasn't until like the last few watches recently that i was like Wait a second, they can't die. <laughs> okay, me as a teenager reading Twilight, I was like, okay, so she has a paper cut and he goes like full ballistic. Like she's a teenager Her that period. has a period. Yeah, that was, that was so me though. <laughs> I just figured they stay away from each other for a while. I just remembered why I didn't give a single shit about any of the, any of the plot not making sense. It's because I was too distracted by the photo I'm about to send you in Slack. Oh my God, I'm so ready. I've never been ready for anything else. 
Oh my God. Oh my God. Dude. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to talk about it. Okay. I'm going to talk about it. Let me talk about this. Okay. So Lizzie just sent me a photo. So there is a scene where Elizabeth Swan is compromised. And so she has to get into uh, like a colonial wigs men's garb. And this movie is so horny (laughs) for no good reason. For no good reason. And you can tell they weren't trying. And I've I've had a thing for Keira Knightley my whole life, and I still currently do. It still it still works for me. I mean, if Bend It Like Beckham didn't set a foundation for us, wait, was this after or before Bend It Like Beckham? This is immediately after. Wow, this is her next rule. God damn, then you couldn't survive the early 2000s without like feeling <laughs> some type of way about Keira Knightley. Pirates of the Caribbean paired with Bend It Like Beckham is like every consumer <laughs> on earth. <laughs> One of those movies is going to do it for you. And for me, it was both. So I got the one-two punch. Yeah, she was probably looking at both scripts and was just like, it's irresponsible for me to make people this horny. I'm going to do it anyways. (laughs) Oh, God, Keira Knightley. Icon in men's clothing. More like Bicon. Bicon! Oh, my God. Do you know of the subreddit called Byrates? It's literally bisexual people showing off their pirate costumes to each other. I'm dead, dead ass serious. I don't doubt you for a second. <laughs> but I'm just amazed that there are these little corners of like gay internet that I don't know yet. Like it really makes me feel so small and insignificant. There's so much more than you could ever know. Wow. Pirates, man. What? what? You know, I know that they were historically yeah. gay, but like what is it about them culturally that is just so bi. I actually do want to break that down a little bit because that has been the question on my mind the last couple of weeks. And I think it's a lot of things. I think it's so pirates themselves, at least the portrayal of them in the media is like, sure, it's like super masculine or whatever, but there's also this like otherness and there's this like accessorization to being a pirate. Like (laughs) The hair and the clothing and just, like, the general drunken swagger, like, feels not very, like, straight. (laughs) It's not straight edge. Like, and the men, like, had long hair and wore beads, especially, like, Captain Jack. Like, perfect example. But then, like, the women pirates, like, how much hotter can a woman pirate get than wearing, like messy men's garb and like being super hot and masked. It just like takes all the good things about gender and sexual attraction for me and puts them into history. Yeah. Here you go. It's just for you, Lizzie. It like invites (laughs) this level of interest that like any person has a point of access to. Like if a man is a little bit more feminine and you identify as like a straight woman, then it's just like, hmm, why is this so intriguing to me? And like every version of a pirate can be intriguing to any version of a person. Yeah. But it also like allows this question of like, they're not presenting in the way that I'm accustomed to, but it's really hot. It's like the she's the man thing where it's like they create yeah. this little frame where it's okay that these people are gay because apparently they're kind of straight and that's fine. Yeah, so it exactly. like lets people feel comfortable with exploring their like interest in that. Yeah. And like just the fringe element of par- of pirates, like they made their own rules, they formed their own communities, they said fuck the government. Like I mean, in a weird way, a pirate ship is kind of like a chosen family where like everyone has a role, and you're like put in danger with people, and you have to like look out for each other. Like 
there is something like romantically queer about that. Hell yeah. And like wear one of those cute little hats, the like three pointed hats. Yeah, I love those. <sighs> okay. So I want to show you uh, basically the final scene of the film, just a little snippet, because I think this is the gayest moment of the whole entire movie. Let's go. Okay. So a little setup. Jack is a, literally at the noose. It's around his neck. He's getting ready to die. Will runs up to Elizabeth, says, I've been meaning to tell you this for forever, but I love you. Cash. And then essentially tells her that because he's going to throw his life away to rescue Jack and choose Jack over Elizabeth is how I read it. So this is him rescuing Jack. On our return to Port Royal, I granted you clemency. And this is how you thank me? My throwing in your lot with him is a pirate. And a good man. If all I have achieved here is that the hangman will earn two Just pairs kiss. of boots instead I of one. I know. So be it. At least my conscience will be clear. You forget your place, Turner. It's right here. Between you and Jack. This is mine. This Okay, get a room. They are in a relationship, all three of them. <laughs> um, you want to describe a little bit? Yeah, I'd love to. <laughs> okay, so Lizzie just showed me the scene in which Will frees Jack from being murdered or being sentenced to death. They do like a synchronized gymnastic routine <laughs> and like drop a bunch of these wigs and they end up at like gunpoint and Will stands up for Jack saying, he's a pirate, but he's a good man. So gay. So oh, my gay. God. And because Elizabeth Swan can't be left out of this throuple, <laughs> she's like, I think he's a good man, too. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing screams polyamorous to me more than this scene. It was really, like, shocking how much I read it to be so. Yes. This time around. There's such a great trio dude and they're like jack is our zaddy and we need him <laughs> we need him to show us the ropes because we're both virgin i was telling lizzie when i watched this uh, again we should not talk about the movie when we watch it together i could not help myself but <laughs> i was saying that like fucking will and elizabeth will never make the first move no. these virgins and that's what's giving the hocus pocus vibe yes. it's like the big virginity thing but neither of them will make the first move on each other and so that's why they kind of need Jack to like state the obvious or like make things unawkward. Mm -hmm. And it's just why it's so charged when they all three are together. Like as soon as Jack goes away, because, you know, Jack was likely imprisoned before this moment. Yeah. And Will and Elizabeth were free. Yeah. And so nothing happens between them until again, Jack, something is happening to Jack. And then all of a sudden they're like, we're horny for each other again. Yeah. You're so right. Like he could have, like, let's say Jack was in prison a week even or three days. That's three whole days he could have said something, mm -hmm. but he chose not to. Yeah. And he also like willingly goes to defend Jack, knowing that he could be imprisoned or killed, having never touched Elizabeth, kissed her, nothing. He's cool with it. But he's like, well, I'll get the chance to do that with Jack in my jail cell. So we're all good. It's like how, if you haven't heard the Fast and the Furious episode, I do implore you to listen to that episode. But we touch on the fact that like this male friendship that the film is centralized on often uses women as proxies to justify how their friendship is not a gay relationship. <laughs> and this screams that to me. Yeah, this is basically Pie to the Caribbean, Too Fast, Too Furious. Two pirates, too... <laughs> Two virus, two care. 
Uh, so yeah, Jack gets away, rides off in the sunset in the Black Pearl, and Elizabeth and Will kiss. Fucking finally. As soon as Jack is out of the picture, like literally as soon as he drops out of the frame, my interest in whatever happens between the two of these people drops off entirely. Yeah. Thinking of them like having any intimacy without Jack there just seems so vanilla and awkward. Yeah, I totally agree. All right. So a little wrap up. Um, This film was wildly successful with a budget of $140 million. This film grossed $654 million. God damn. And the franchise overall has grossed over $4.5 billion by Illion dollars. Does that play? Sure. <laughs> it's the 14th highest grossing film series of all time and was the first film franchise to produce two or more films that grossed over a billion dollars. Do you know if it was surpassed by Fast and the Furious? The Fast and Furious franchise is... $2 billion more successful than the Pirates franchise. But I will say there are double the movies in the in the Fast and Furious franchise. That's fair. Than there are in Pirates. So. Yeah, it's very fair. But to not be backed by Disney is pretty impressive. Yeah. Who is Who even releases those films? Like, I don't even know. I don't fucking care. Oh, Universal does because there's a Fast and Furious ride at Universal Pictures. Oh, speaking, of, Studios, speaking I mean. of rides, like, I know that Pirates of the Caribbean was a ride before it was a movie. Do you know if they, like, made the movie to justify the ride or, like, how did... Do you know anything about how that happened? All of the different Disneys from Shanghai to Europe to the both in the U.S., they all have renditions of the Pirates of the Caribbean ride and have all had the ride since way before the movies. The first ride was opened in Disneyland in like 67 or something. And then the final one was installed, I believe, in Euro Disney in 1992. Something like that. So it was an, actually an original idea of Walt Disney's. It was the final ride that he designed before he died. And I I read somewhere like that the writers of this film wanted to do a pirate adventure and Disney owned, you know, the idea of the Pirates of the Caribbean ride, which has a couple of scenes that are in the ride that are reflected in the movie. But they like obviously built upon that very, very much. So yeah, this like very silly animatronic ride in Disney World actually did inspire this entire franchise. And they even, have you have you been on the Pirates of the Caribbean ride at any of the Disneys? No, I haven't. They went back to add in characters from the film franchise. There's like a Captain Jack character now and they updated the ride. It's a, It actually is a really cool ride. You're like on this little boat, kind of just journeying through this world and it's like all these different moving pieces and sets that feel very realistic, but it's all like puppet work basically. So I don't know what like actually initiated the IP to become something from a ride into a movie other than I guess Disney's always stretching. You know what I mean? Yeah, they're a business. I assumed it was just like, <laughs> oh, we've got this name already. We've got this ride already. You know, it makes a lot of like financial sense. Yeah. But it was never anticipated to be a success, as big of a success as it was. And it wasn't until like the crazy success of the first film that they even considered that it could be a franchise. It wasn't like all written out from top to bottom, which you can totally feel in how the movies kind of fall apart. Um, the first one to me is definitely the highest quality one. And I think it has the most like... Um, fan spirit behind it but i do think the second one is really good and we should watch it let's go they do some really cool vfx in that cool um so anyway that's my talk god i have so much more that we didn't even get to get into but maybe we'll have to do another episode down the line yeah is there anything that's like sticking out to you as something like you just really wanted to say 
There's a TikTok I want to show you. Well, let's go there. It always comes back to a TikTok. Oh my God. Oh my God. Stop. Okay, Elizabeth just showed me a TikTok. Oh my God. Of a Jack Sparrow impersonator wearing like six inch pleasers, <laughs> popping their absolute pussy on a pole. Oh my God. The caption of this TikTok is Johnny Depp, if you see this, I'm sorry. <laughs> Lizzie was like, I'm so excited to do this movie because, you know, Pirates of the Caribbean is all over TikTok right now. And I was like, what? <laughs> And she was like, yeah, all over everyone's FYP. And I was like, that is a unique experience. Like, that's not what everyone's experiencing on TikTok. I'll have you know. Nary a whisper on Samantha <laughs> De La Fuente's for your page. Yeah, no, I, I'd never seen anything like this before. That is hilarious. I've seen this approximately 10,000 times. <laughs> all right, Sam, let's score this scallywag. Let's do it. Um, so how the subtextual score works is we each rate the movie on a scale of 1 to 10 on how gay is it and how good is it, and then we average those numbers to get a single subtextual score. Let's go! So, Sam, on a scale of 1 to 10, how good is this movie? I don't want to say I'm unbiased, but I am kind of biased in that, like, it took me longer to see it than it. I think it took most people, so the nostalgia glasses aren't really on full effect. I'm going to give it a 5. 5. Did you enjoy watching it? We weren't really allowed to talk last night, but... I would have enjoyed it more if I could, like, talk shit the whole time. But I did really like the experience. It was very fun. Yeah. That's why we should watch the second one, to just really let it rip. Yeah, absolutely. Um, okay. I'm going to give this film an eight because it truly did not... I have seen this film three times in four days, and I've enjoyed <laughs> it immensely all three times your wi-fi provider uh, is like again <laughs> they're like she must have just hit play and fallen asleep i'm like no i was violently awake i was caffeinated <laughs> okay sam on a scale of one to ten how gay is this movie god if it was a scale from one to ten on how horny it is it would get a perfect ten but um i'm gonna give it a favorable score of a seven Wow. Yeah. There's no gay sex, but like it feels like the gay sex is about to happen just off screen. Yeah. The gay sex is happening. You know, considering the pirate history and considering the fan fiction and considering the chemistry, I'm actually going to give it a six, a very fair six. This movie gets a 6.5 subtextual score. Pretty good. For no gay sex. For no gay sex. On screen that we know of. I mean, it's heavily implied. <laughs> All right, Sam, did you learn anything in the last two hours? I thought I was learning, but every time I was quizzed, I failed. So, no. All right, so I'm going to ask you again, what is oh rum made of? Bananas. No! <laughs> Drink. I have none left. You swashbuckler. Why is all the rum gone? I'm just a big stupid idiot. Um... So who would you rather bang? Oh, come on, bro. Bro, that's not cool. Come on, kill your darlings. I would rather bang Jack Sparrow and Elizabeth Swan. Pick one. I can't, because, like, by themselves, you're Gun right. Gun to not your head. Hot. Gun to my head. Fuck. I feel like I would regret not saying Captain Jack Sparrow, but I am truly more attracted to Elizabeth Swan. I'm going to say Captain Barbosa. <laughs> <laughs> 
in skeleton form. <laughs> skeleton Bosa. <laughs> Only in the moonlight. I will not make a boner joke. I will not make a boner joke. All right, it, who would you rather bang? I, was, I mean, boink. We're keeping this PG. We're so banned on so many different websites. <laughs> I, I would rather boink. God. Um, Elizabeth Swan's dad. Ew. <laughs> I'm just Obviously, Elizabeth Swan. All right. What about Zoe Saldana, who is a female pirate in like two scenes? They they did her kind of dirt with that. It wasn't clear what her accent was. I was trying to figure out. Her accent was like angry woman. I couldn't tell if they were trying to make her British or Caribbean. Me neither. So it was hard for me to like buy in. She was very great, but also not featured very much. I would have to say Elizabeth Swan. Um, yeah. All right. Final answer. Okay, instead of, like, fading out on this episode with, like, our standard fade-out song or even the Pirates soundtrack, can you play Leanne Rhymes' Can't Fight the Moonlight? Sure. For Barbosa. You got it. Thanks for listening to this episode. We hope you enjoyed it. If you'd like to keep this content ad-free, please consider supporting us at patreon.com slash subtextualpod. See you next week.